We had, uh, my name is Ollie. For those of you who don't know me, I'm the middle school ministry person in the, in the youth ministry, the student ministry. We had an incredible weekend. Um, the, the event is called the WKND Weekend. So it's the word weekend with all the vowels taken away. And it's like a radio station, WKND. If you were a part of that in any way, if you drove, if you were a host home, if you were a small group facilitator, anything like that, could you please stand so that we can recognize you? Steve, stand up. They stayed at your house. Thank you guys so much. We talk about this. All the students uh, spend Friday and Saturday nights at different homes uh, determined by their, by their gender and their grades. So we're talking about, about eight different host homes with transportation in between them and the event for the entire um, entirety of the weekend. It will not happen without a significant number of volunteers. And so we just want you to know that we deeply appreciate you. It is an important event. Let me, let me tell you what we did really quickly. We began the night at the, at the host church. We began with, um, we had a speaker who spoke three, he taught three different um, sessions, a wonderful worship band there. And then Saturday night, we had something really special here where Austin uh, and Lakin uh, Lily's band did worship and we had a time of worship and prayer service here. And then we had a dance party. We can, we can say dance party now, right? Since we've left the SBC. Um, um, too soon? Um, we, we had a, a dance party um, hosted by a, a DJ by Karen Work and it was just wonderful. And it was the whole church it was really nice. It really was. The speaker taught on three um, three related ideas. He uh, spoke about staying connected to God. He spoke about staying connected to people. And he spoke about staying connected to the mission of God. In other words, staying on point for mission work. And the verses that, that he looked at, we're going to look at today and kind of review briefly. And before I read them, I want to give you guys three of my favorite illustrations. The idea of staying connected to God, staying connected to Jesus is a richly mined idea. There's been a lot of really good illustrations, object lessons, etc. And these are three of my favorite that I want to share with you today before I go into what Jesus shared. The first one is the idea of a cell phone. So I hope I'm not alone in this and I don't know that it's healthy. It's probably not completely healthy, but I use my cell phone for everything, in work and at home. I use it to communicate uh, with, my, with my work team. I use it to communicate with my wife and, and all of my family members. It's my camera. It's my note taker. It's my email device. It's my dictator, dic, you know, dictation machine. It's a television for me it's, uh, sometimes. It it's, uh, has all my music on it that I listen to a lot. I'm not a podcast person, but were I a podcast person, it would be the device through which I would listen to all those. And occasionally I even use it for phone calls and it's a phone, so that's... <laughs> it is important to me and because it's important to me, I have a charger at my nightstand, I have a charger in my car and I have a charger at my desk here at the church office. I do not get very far away from a place where I can recharge my phone. So the idea with this illustration in youth ministry would lead us to a really good question for the students is, do you take as much care to stay connected on a day in, day out basis to Jesus 
as you do to keep your phone charged? I think it's a good question for all of us. The next illustration that I have for you, that's a game or an activity. We haven't done it yet, but I would like to. They call it Nightline. And the reason they call it Nightline is there's a rope, there's a line. And people are either blindfolded or, in this case, they have blackout goggles on. They can't see anything. The idea behind this as an object lesson is to have them do this either through the woods or through an obstacle course. And the lesson from that, uh, as it relates to connectivity to Jesus, is no matter what obstacles in front of me, even when I can't see one foot in front of my face, even when I have no idea what's around the next corner, if I stay connected... I can face that, I can find a way through that. So I love that as a lesson. I've seen, I've seen that in a couple different camps. I haven't, we haven't done it personally here. The third one is um, a game we have done here. It's called the Human Knot, and it's, pretty, it's like Twister in reverse. You, you start off, you, you've gotta have everyone's hands touching. You've gotta be connected, in other words. And then you try to, without letting go, you try to, move back from a knot into a circle. The lesson that I have seen taught with this game regarding connectivity is that sometimes in life when we are tangled up in a mess, it's really tempting to listen to the enemy's voice or just to listen to the world around us with, with probably seeming, you know, good intentions telling us it's okay to let go for a minute. It's much easier to get out of your mess if you'll just let go. The lesson there is how difficult is it for you or what would it take for you to disconnect yourself from Jesus when you saw an easier path so those are three object lessons or illustrations that I would like to think Jesus would use on the subject of staying connected were he to be here talking to our students or talking to me for that matter Jesus always knew his audience like he knew everything else and when he taught that lesson, when he taught any lesson, well, he spoke of what he speak of, fishing. He spoke of shepherding and sheep. He spoke of, of, of planting and harvesting crops. He spoke of vineyards. In the lessons that, that, that he teaches, I joked when I was going over this lesson with my wife, I said, you know, what would I have thought back then if, if we were somehow, my wife and Aaron and I were to be transported back in time with the knowledge, you know, present day knowledge to hear Jesus' teachings, how different it would be for us than the people around them because it wouldn't be like a cell phone lesson where we go, oh, that's, that's so true. I told her, I said, I, I imagine when he taught on the 99 sheep, the good shepherd who's willing to leave the 99 for the one sheep who strays away, I said, I'd probably lean over to you and say, so what he's saying is that just the sheep aren't very bright. Is that, is that the lesson here? To which she would respond, no, honey, he's talking about you. And I would say, oh, okay. If I had been there when, when he taught um, the parable of the sower and all, what happens to all the different seeds as they're scattered along the path, all I would have heard was that these people grow crops pretty successfully. And I would have leaned over and said, honey, we've really got to get better at this plant thing because we're terrible. I... They all die if I'm trying to take care of them, and about 50% of them, she has a, what I will call a consistency issue with watering our plants. It would not have meant as much to me to hear those lessons about those things that were everyday occurrences and essential elements of those people's lives. In the lesson, in the passage that we're going to read, that I'm about to read to you, he chose something that they were very familiar with. He chose an illustration of a vine and a branch. Well, it would have confused me 
sincerely and immediately had I heard this lesson because when I think of a vine, all I know about vines are from Tarzan and Mowgli. And I thought of them as wispy ropes hanging off of a large tree branch conveniently spaced throughout the jungle so that they can swing through. But if you, as you look at this illustration, in fact, on, in a vineyard, a vine is actually that tree-like structure there. And the branch is up in the far right corner. Um, and it, it gets the nutrients from the vine. The vine comes out of the ground. See, I would have thought that was a tree. So his illustration that I'm about to read would have seemed backwards had I not been armed with this knowledge. And some of the branches produce fruit like those beautiful grapes you see and some do not. So armed with this image, armed with this knowledge, let's see what Jesus had to say about connectivity. This is John 15 verses 1 through 8. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And Jesus goes on to say, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. You can clap. <laughs> so we must be connected to the vine for fruit to be produced in our lives. And I hope that you're following us with the symbolism here. Um, <clears throat> that's why a picture was shown. Uh, but stay with me because I'm going to talk very symbolically for a minute. We must be connected to the vine for fruit to be produced in our lives. And my guess is that some here feel like they've been cut off the vine. Um, and my guess is also that some here feel maybe like I've never even been connected to the vine. And many, maybe, I believe, are connected to the vine, but are remaining in and relying on themselves for the fruit. And all of those are just dead branches. So I want to show you a picture of a dead branch. Do I have my dead branch? We got to have that dead branch. Yet there, <laughs> well, that's a terrible picture. But anyway, um, this is a dead branch. Many of us had probably seen a dead branch. You don't have to grow up in the country. There's storms, derechos here in Tulsa. We can see dead branches all over the place. Everyone knows that a dead branch can't produce fruit, right? We all know that. We probably don't have to go to school to know that. 
Um, everyone knows that a dead branch doesn't have the capability to produce fruit. But I want you to think for a second. Can a dead branch, just don't answer out loud, can a dead branch be brought back to life? Can a dead branch be reattached to the vine? No, it can't, right? That's impossible, and that's the bad news. Because I just basically, you know, said we're, we're all dead branches. And so the bad news is that we can't be reattached. We can't do all that stuff. But you're in for a treat today because we're talking about the gospel, the good news. And so I want to tell you that Jesus says in Matthew 19, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. I'll tell you what that means. When he says with men, this is impossible. He means that it's only by God's grace through our faith in Jesus that a person can be saved. And he also is reaffirming that we're not able to do any righteous works apart from Jesus. Remember the scripture that Ollie read, it says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from the vine, we can't do anything. With men, this is impossible means that any form of self-justification is useless. Any form. You do a good thing, you, you give to charity, you love your neighbor, you do a good thing, that's fine. You got to keep doing that perfectly the rest of your life to meet God's standard. So we've got it twisted, hear me. We've got it twisted if we think that the producing of the fruit is our job. And we've got it twisted if we believe that the producing of the fruit is what connects us to Jesus. I hope you guys are hearing me today. They're called the fruit of the Spirit because they come from God's Spirit within us. They don't come from our human nature. They come from God's Spirit within us. And we do not get connected. I'm going to say this over and over in, in different ways. We do not get connected to Jesus by good works. Scripture says that basically our good works are equivalent to filthy rags. He produces good works in us by us being connected to him. And I want to make it plain to everyone, okay? Because I'm, I'm so passionate about this part of the gospel. All good works are from God's doing in our life. And you know, he only asks us to do one thing. And this can, this can ruffle some feathers sometimes when, when, the, when, the, um, when the gospel is preached. This can ruffle feathers because many of us believe that we have to be doing those good works. And that's true. But sometimes we can get it twisted that it comes from us. And he only asks us in scripture to do one thing. And that's put our trust in him. And by the way, I struggled for many years, years and years and years, thinking that legalism was the gospel. And what that caused in my life, it, it made me think that if I obeyed God well enough, he would be pleased with me. And I hope you hear that that is twisted. 
That is legalism. That is not the goodness of the gospel. I thought that if I was good enough for God, he would be pleased with me. And that's a sneaky one. Because if the enemy can get us to believe that it's by our good works that God is pleased with us, we will never relax in the gospel. We will never rest in the gospel because we can't keep, we can't, we keep messing up. We keep messing up. It's too big of a burden to bear to try to produce our own fruit, our own good works. And I'm gonna tell you the gospel. First Peter 1.3 says this, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. If you've never heard of resurrection power, that is what it is. That is resurrection power. And that is good news for humanity who has nothing perfect or holy to offer God in and of themselves. So you can relax today. The good news has been shared. You can relax. When you put your faith in Jesus, it's not up to you to, to be a, a good person. It's not up to you to be better. It's not up to you to do better, to try harder. And if that makes you angry, come talk to me after this because we'll look through the scriptures. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. That is all, that is, that is everything. We rely on that. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit that we are made new. The power, let me tell you, the power that was able to raise Jesus from the dead is the same power working within us that makes us into a new creation. I pray today that that would consume your heart, that everyone here would just be so relaxed or you would have a conviction that you need to run to Jesus to surrender. That is my prayer for everyone here today. Once we surrender to Jesus and we put our trust in him, we get that power, that resurrection power. And that is what produces real fruit in our lives. And that is the gospel. Well, good morning. Um, we're going to give you lots of things to think about today related to this passage. And I love what Kelsey said about that it is God that does this in and through us. So once we make that decision and we surrender and we give it over to God, it is him that moves in and through us. But what is our responsibility on that? Because if Jesus does it all, what, how do we cultivate that? Because we, want, we don't want to be that dead branch, right? We want to stay connected to him. So I want to take just a minute because I want this to be really clear. I don't want there to be any like mixed signals on the message that we're sharing today, okay? This um, result of good works is because we are connected to Jesus. It's because we're giving our life over to him. We are not earning that in any way. Kelsey said it so plain, so clear. We cannot be good enough. But in that same vein, it is our responsibility to choose to stay connected to him. We have to daily surrender to him. 
okay? So I want you to think about this, and I'm going to give you, I'm a visual person, so I'm going to give you a little illustration to think about. So I want you guys to take a look at this picture. Got a little truck here. All right, what do you think will be inside this truck? Ice cream. That's not really a trick question, is it? All right, very good. All right, let's look at the next one. What do you think would be inside this truck? Probably trash, right? Okay. I know a lot of people, including my own family, that we would be willing to stand in line on a hot day for a cold treat at an ice cream truck. Anybody else willing? Like, give me some ice cream. That's like our favorite go-to in my house. But I don't think anyone this, in this room would want to stand in line to see and smell the inside of a garbage truck. Is that correct? That's gross, right? Like, you're like, okay, this is Michelle, this is... So obviously the stuff that is placed inside these vehicles, whether it's yummy or yucky, it's eventually gonna come out. Would we agree that? Okay, stay with me. What if this is true about us? What if we've surrendered to Christ? What if we are connected to Jesus? Is there any truth in that what we consume, does it make a difference in our relationships with other? Whether it's movies, Music, YouTube videos, books, friendships that were around, sports. What if those things that were around help determine the way that we treat others, the way that we love others, the way that we speak to them? Stay with me for a minute. Are we filling ourselves with the good things that help us really surrender and give it over to God so that he can do the work in us? You see, in Scripture, Jesus points out over and over again that it's what's on the inside that matters. Looking right after, adding on to the vine and branches. <clears throat> Look in Luke uh, 6, 43 and 44. Look what this verse says. It says, no good tree bears bad fruit. Duh, right? Nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its fruit. People don't pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. Now, continuing on, it gets to the heart is what I want you to think about today. In Luke 6.45, it says, A good man brings good things out of the good stored in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil that is in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So Jesus is saying it's important. Yes, he does it all. Yes, the fruit is all on him. But it is important what we put inside our hearts because whatever we store up is what is going to come out. Jesus says if evil's in there, evil's going to come out in your interactions. If you're storing up good, good is going to come out. If we're connected to Jesus, good things are going to come out. What we truly believe about Jesus, our motivations. Are we doing it for pleasing others? Are we really surrendering to Jesus? That's going to come out. We were designed to be connected to him, but I believe it's our responsibility to prioritize growing. I have this um, girl, she's an author and a speaker, and I follow her on Instagram, Jackie Hill Perry. I love her. And I was listening to her the other day and she said this, and I was like, ah. Oh. She said, time isn't necessarily the reason we don't study the Bible. Let me say that again. Time isn't necessarily the reason we don't study. 
She said, it's not that we don't have time. We got plenty of time. We got Netflix, we got YouTube, we got our phones, we've got meetings, we've got the time. She said, it's a matter of the heart. And I was like, oh, that got me good. Okay, I believe that we can choose to pray. We can discover more about what God wants for our life if we choose to connect to him through reading his word. If we dive into God's word, we can actually figure out who God is. What is the character of God? Because if we know the character of God, then we get to know him. Um, the speaker this weekend talked about, when you read your Bible, there's three things you can ask yourself as you're reading and you're trying to like figure out, what do I know about God? He said, as you're reading, say, what do I see God doing in this passage? You could write that down. Okay, I see God's doing this. He's healing this person. He's doing this. What does that show me about God's character? Oh, I see he's all powerful. I see he's full of mercy and grace. And then how should I respond? Okay, so I saw God do this and this. Oh, I should probably be more merciful. I might need to go back and talk to that coworker about how I responded to them. That is our responsibility as we're giving that time to Jesus. We have to store his word and his truth in our hearts because then others can actually see Jesus in us. It is our responsibility to make that time and store that in our hearts. Be thinking about this. Ask yourself today, if Jesus is really in me, if I'm connected to him, if I've surrendered to him, would he want me to watch this? Would he want me to listen to this? Would he want me to sing these songs? Would he want me to read these words? Would he want me to talk that way to my coworker? In order to grow, we do have to choose to cultivate that relationship. That is the part of this that's our responsibility, is to cultivate that with Jesus. We must stay connected to him. So let's go back to those ice cream trucks and those garbage trucks, okay? People notice ice cream trucks for all the right reason, right? There's good stuff in there. We know that that ice cream, if I wait in that line, it's eventually going to come out, right? I'm going to get my ice cream unless they run out, which Jesus doesn't run out, okay? Okay, let's look at the trash truck. The inside of that truck, the inside of these trucks, there's no accident what's on the inside, right? Someone intentionally put the ice cream in the truck. Someone intentionally put the trash in the truck. Likewise, Jesus made it clear that this fruit doesn't happen by accident. It is us surrendering and giving our life to him and saying, not in my will, Father God, but in yours. We have to allow Jesus, we have to give him control to work on the inside so that he can do what he can do, producing that good fruit. Because out of the abundance of that heart, comes those fruits of the Spirit, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness. So I just want you to think, what are you storing up in your heart this morning? Are you looking more like an ice cream truck today? Or are you kind of looking a little bit like a garbage truck? We want to encourage you to be thinking about, first of all, are you connected to God? Have you made him your personal Lord and Savior? And if you have, is there an area of your life that you need to surrender to him? And say, you know what? I want to invest in this relationship with you. I've got the time. I can make the time so that you can do your work and produce that good fruit in me. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, Lord, for your word. Lord, I pray that you are moving in the hearts in this congregation today, Lord. Prick our spirits, Father God. Show us an area that we need to grow. 
Lord, if we need to surrender an area, if we just need to commit to spend time with you, you are all worthy, just like we sing. You are worthy of our praise. You're worthy of it all, Father God. We give this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. So as the worship team comes this morning, we just invite you. Thank you so much. We just invite you guys to respond. Be thinking about those things. The altars are always open. Our students would love to pray with you. I would love to pray with you. We have teams that are here and willing. You can also just pray and sing right there at your seat, but just give God this time. Thank you so much for letting us share.